This is Nets Propaganda slash BS Network slash whatever. It's dope blog. You already know what it is. We don't. Boo, 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 boo. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am the unforgettable one himself, Mr. Brett Carroll. Charles is always daydreaming, although I've been the one daydreaming today because I've been messing up this Zoom call. But we are back. This is Nets Propaganda slash BS Network slash whatever. It's dope blog. You already know what it is. We don't don't have a script. We don't have rules. We just do whatever the hell we want to do. No rules. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, there's no rules. Put your shirt back on. There's one rule. As we're sitting here talking, the NBA draft is finally going on because it's 2020. It hasn't been taking place in June. It's now November 18th. Oh, wow, they did take a, a European. They took a, the Argentina kid. Argentina's in Europe, huh? Oh, wait, you're right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I pass, I pass social studies. <laughs> <laughs> With a C minus. C's get degrees. But, yeah, um... They took a foreign player, I should say. That's a little bit smarter. He's from Spain. Yeah, fuck you. He's, he's from... <laughs> you said Argentinian, bro. But he, but they said Argentina, but but he's from Spain. Whatever, whatever your excuse is, you just pulled a Charles Barkley. Everyone heard it. Just focus back. Bring it back. You're, you're okay. Who, who he played for. But anyway, we got a lot to discuss, man. We did a live already um, when we looked at the lottery picks and – Saw all the hoopla that was going on there. We're watching, you know, the rest of the draft now and seeing what, what we do and uh, what the teams do. But a lot of NBA has happened already. Free agency, not free agency, but the offseason officially started on Monday where teams can make trades and do other things. And so far, uh, we've seen some stuff going down. Um, Chris Paul is now in the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Milwaukee has made some trades. One of them didn't go through, actually, uh, which is wild. Um, the Nets made a trade. A couple have made a couple of trades. Obviously, we're going to talk about that. So, Charles, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave it up to you. Where do you want to start with all this? I want to start where I think we should start. Where Nets propaganda. That was kind of that's our baby, right? And we are living in a world where there's two types of Nets fans right now. The Nets fans that are really hoping these James Harden rumors are true and the Nets fans that are hoping it's all just smoke and mirrors and noise that come with the NBA draft. Now, you kind of let it slip on the IG Live before uh, how you felt. So I'll go first and you can summarize your feelings again for all the people that did not get a chance to hear how you feel about the trade. As a Nets fan, as somebody that's been a Nets fan since they were in New Jersey, since the Eisenhower Center was the Continental Airlines Arena, through all the good years, through all the playoff years, through all the 12 win seasons, just forget about that. Just look at Brooklyn. Look at these years in Brooklyn and the misery after the trade. I can understand why you would be hesitant to sell the future for a win now. 
But to be clear, this situation, hypothetically speaking, obviously, to get James Harden to pair as a new big three in NBA history, KD, Kyrie, James Harden, is a 180 so different than trading your future for aging superstars. Because I don't care how old some Nets fans are acting like James Harden is, he's coming off 30 points per game seasons, plural, and an MVP caliber player, period. He's not what Paul Pierce was when we traded for him. With that being said, if it takes Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, and some picks to get James Harden here in Brooklyn, hey, man, I'm down. I, I, I make the trade. Because when there was the rumors of Bradley Beal and Karis LeVert, me and you really weren't feeling it. We didn't really see selling the farm for Bradley Beal. No disrespect to Bradley Beal. He's a top five shooting guard in the league. So no disrespect to him either. But James Harden is different. He's an MVP all on his own. And to repair with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, Lord willing, everyone's healthy, the Nets would be the favorite in the NBA to win the title. Not the East, the title. And that's different. And that's the whole point of the game. I'm all for it because I want to win a title. And if we don't, we still have all these pieces and we're still contending. It's a good, I've been saying it over and over on social media to my friends. It's a good problem to have when this is the conversation around your team, when this is the conversation around your franchise. This is exactly where we wanted to be two years ago. No, I agree. I understand everything you're saying, but for the same reasons you're saying is the same reasons why I don't think we should do it. Here's the thing. This team is good enough to win a championship as is. You know what I mean? It's, it's like if we were a team that was like a middle-of-the-road team, I would agree with you. Like, you know what? Push all your chips and go ahead. This, like, let's be realistic here. This trade of this magnitude with a guy this good in James Harden could, if it works out, make us the greatest team in, in the NBA. But if not, it can totally destroy this team. Let's not forget these are three major, major, major players that are, we're going to have to figure out how to work together. Oh and, by, oh, and by the way, even if this trade happens tonight, the season starts in literally a month from now. So that's not even a lot of time to get them acclimated together and figure out how that's going to work together. And on top of that, you're not playing a full 82-game season. So on top of that, you don't even have as much time during the season to figure that out. So my thing is, I agree with you in terms of this. You're right. We both said before that, you know, Bradley Beal, Aaron Gordon, whoever else people have rumored us to get, if it takes too many people to get them, don't do it because it doesn't make sense. I do agree with you that James Harden is good enough that if you're going to sell the farm for anybody, it should be him. I agree on that aspect. But – I'm also of the mindset that we should not do that, especially since I truly believe we have a championship caliber team now. I truly believe that we don't need James Harden to win a championship. So with that being said, it doesn't make sense to trade our entire future. As you saw tonight, and we'll talk about this in a second too, we traded away our first round pick this year. As, as, as we're already constructed, we can't even take on any more salary. So for the next three years, we're probably not going to have a first-round pick just on the sake of we're going to be trading them away for 
guys that we can dump salary for and stuff like that. So three years from now, you're not even you're still not gonna have more young players to develop. So my thing is, do not trade away all those at all those picks and the young players you already have, so that if and when this era is over, whether it's the big three era of James, KD, and Kai, or it's just the big two era of KD and Kai, you want to at least have a team. You don't want to be in the bottom um, and and not and it not work out. And then again, like I said, it's not guaranteed to work out. You you trade for James Harden. That's a lot of egos you got to manage, a lot, especially for a first-time head coach. That's a lot of egos. We don't. I don't know what James Harden's motivations are. Of course, he wants to win a title, but does he want to be the reason why he wants to? We win a title. Does is he okay being the second, maybe even third fiddle on this team? Because that's what a lot of people don't understand too. Even though James Harden arguably might be the best player on the team, on this particular team, he's probably the third option. Is he okay with that? You know, and he might say he's okay with that, but when it's now, you know, February and his numbers aren't looking the same and God forbid we're not winning as much as he thought we were going to be winning, is he going to change his mind? You know what I'm saying? So much can happen that can go wrong with that where now if we don't – because if you make this trade, nothing less than, than a title and really at least two titles is a failure. You don't make that type of trade unless you're – planning on winning multiple titles. Well, well, real quick, one title would, would be enough because that's what the whole point is. If you make the trade and you win the title the first year, kind of like Boston, that's all that really matters, right? Um, what you said about the picks, here's where you, I disagree. You, you're saying, well, we're not going to pick people for the next three seasons. Exactly why you trade those picks with Spencer, who's probably going to get traded regardless if James Harden comes here. Me and you are both fans of him, so that's not me and you hating. That's just me and you looking at the way the NBA works. He's probably going to get traded this season. Spencer mm-hmm. Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert. Is, the Karis LeVert is the, is the sticking point because me and you will sit here. Yeah, for, if, you tra- if the trade was Spencer Dinwiddie and a couple picks for James Harden, fine. That's, that's, that's totally different from what the Rockets are going to ask, especially if they know they can't get KD or Kyrie. They're going to ask for every young asset we have. Yeah, but there's only so many players that we can actually trade. We're looking at four players tops with three picks. And if those four players are Spencer Dinwiddie, well, well, Charles, 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 there's only 10 people on the roster. So you're saying four players, like that's not like almost half your roster. What do you mean? Well, we signed four players because of COVID who are still on the team. And that means that put our, our roster over 15. I understand that, but it's not four players. It's going to be four of our best players. It's going to be Spencer and Karras and Jared Allen and maybe somebody else along with picks. So my point is, again, you make that trade, you have to win a title. Because if you don't, that would be a colossal mistake. Yeah, but that's the point. We make that trade to win a title. That's the risk you, you run. You acquire the literal MVP talent, and then you figure out how that works with your other MVP talent. Yeah, but you're but you're make you're saying that as if it's that simple. No, I know it's not that simple. And but again, if we had a regular, if this was a regular NBA season with a regular NBA offseason and all this stuff, cool. It's not. It's not. No, I understand that, but but at the same time, you and, and also it's like, damn, could we at least see these two play, guys play? They haven't played a game together yet, bro. I'm I'm a hundred percent before with you. we start doing I, this. I feel that. I feel you there. I'm not trying to talk over you, but I legitimately, you know, I agree with you. Let us see how these two stars work together. But at the same time, you got to agree. Our odds, our literal odds to win a championship, 
increase if we ship out whoever and bring in James Harden at that big three. That's our Olympic oh. team. Wow, they're saying they're saying they fear he tore his Achilles. Clay Thompson. Wow. Clay Thompson tore his Achilles. Damn, man. Prayers they, up they, they, fe- they fear it's a torn Achilles. That blows, bro. That's, uh, that's the that, last thing I want to hear for anybody in the league. Everybody asks why I always play my uh, Madden and 2K with injuries off because in an ideal world, everyone's not getting hurt. So that just sucks. I want to see the Splash Brothers back. I really hope it isn't a torn Achilles. That really sucks. Yeah, that, that's that's terrible. That's terrible. But, but overall, me and you are kind of splitting hairs because I know Brett will be happy to a certain extent if we do get James Harden. He's not saying he's going to be. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be happy. I just, like like I said, if there's anybody in the league that you would do this trade for, it is James Harden. So I, I get all that. I, I'm just of the mindset of we've, we've played this card before, pushing everything in the middle for a championship. And before I understood it because we weren't that good of a team before, and to be very honest, we weren't that good of a team after. Right now, we're a championship contending team before. So I I feel like that we don't need to do this. That's my biggest thing. If it was Kyrie without KD and you had to do this to get James Harden and make that your big two or something, cool, I would understand that. Or the other way around, KD without Kyrie, you had to do all that to make that your big two, cool, I understand that. But you have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and a deep roster. That's how you win. But even with the Warriors, they weren't just good because of the Splash Brothers and Draymond and KD. They had a deep roster. That's what made them so unbeatable. People think it's like, oh, you got to just get superstars. You got to get superstars. You got to do it the right way, too, because if you don't have a roster to help those guys out, because eventually they're going to need a rest. Eventually somebody's going to get hurt. Eventually, you're going to need other guys to step up in big moments when you play a team that has a way to figure out to at least neutralize one or two of your stars, and you need other people to step up. If we trade everybody on our team that could make a basket, basically, besides our three superstars, we are going. To, you know, what I mean, you're asking for the to, you're asking for the wrong team on the long day, type of thing. Okay, I'm going to read you, and this is I'm being serious. I'm not trying to be condescending or snarky, but we have a lot of players. So if we have to trade four of these players, I still think we fit the criteria of what you're saying. Jared Allen, Justin Anderson, Wilson Chandler, Chris Chioza, Nicholas Claxton, Jamal Crawford, Spencer Dinwiddie, Kevin Durant, Donta Hall, Joe Harris, Kyrie Irving, Tyler Johnson, DeAndre Jordan, Rodion's Karuks, Karis LeVert, TLC, Timothy Luau Cabarro, I can never say his middle name, Jeremiah Martin. We shipped off uh, Jazam uh, Nusa. We still got Torian Prince, Garrett Temple, and Lance Thomas. So if we if we get rid of, just hypothetically, right, we're playing GM today. It's draft day. That's what we do as fans, right? We, we trade Jared Allen. We trade Spencer Dinwiddie. We trade Karis LeVert. And who, who is the first person? And Nick Claxton. And Nick Claxton. Mm-hmm. We still have DeAndre Jordan. We, yeah. And... and that's our starting center, you know. Right. We still got Rodi Karuks. We still got TLC, who's pretty much – he plays like a guard, but he's pretty he should be a 3-4. We still got Torian Prince. And, and Torian Prince is one of the names I saw as the fourth, not uh, Claxton. So I'm just pointing that out. That I didn't see Claxton attached. I saw Torian Prince attached. We still got talent on the bench is, what I, is my point, obviously, as you know. But it doesn't – we're not bare-covered. 
like we would have been a couple years ago. And I'm saying that in a positive way. Like, even if we don't make this trade, once again, good problems to have, am I right? Yeah, but I, I also believe, and no offense to the guys you named, I think one of the reasons why some of those guys are good is because they're also playing alongside Spencer Dinwiddie, Tor- uh, 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 Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, and Nick Claxton. You know what I'm saying? Like, that you you take away some of those guys that help them, especially on the bench. Because, again, remember, Spencer Dinwiddie and, and Karis LeVert are not just starting caliber guards. They, they might be all-star caliber guards. And now – and they're coming off our bench. Yeah, but, but I, I agree with Spencer. Right now, I think the biggest loss, because if we're going to take our feelings and emotions out of it, right, and our Nets fan out of it, we kind of look at it objectively for what the Rockets are getting. The Vert has the ceiling, but Dinwiddie is the talent. Dinwiddie is our, is our, is our bench general. He's, he's that dude for us. We really rely on him so much. He would be the biggest loss in terms of minutes and impact on the court. I know a lot of fans are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Karis LeVert is right there. But in all reality, Karis LeVert does a lot of stuff that doesn't appear on the, on the stat sheet, yes. But if we're, if we're comparing his replacement, and his replacement is someone that people believe is the MVP of the league, it's worth the trade. I just think, you know what I mean? I really can't get past that. We're not talking about Bradley Beal here. No disrespect because he's an all-star. Like, Karis LeVert is not an all-star. The, the rumors we've heard in this offseason, this weird offseason, is us trading for an all-star. Like, that, that's an improvement. Like, we can't just, like, I understand injuries happen. We, we just went through it. Literally, me and you, just as Nets fans, take our personal relationships out of it. As Nets fans, we didn't get to see the, the superstars we were excited about because of injuries. So I understand selling the farm and not knowing what's going to happen, but that's sports at the end of the day. Like, I, we, can't, we can't be scared of that. And if, obviously, we're not scared of it. We signed Kevin Durant uh, to, to that contract. I, I, no, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying be scared of it. What I'm saying is I want my team to be good for more than just three years. I'm tired of us having – we do this all the time. We suck, then we get good, and we basically go all in, and we're good for two, three years. Then that doesn't work. Then we suck for another five years, and we're good for another three years. Then we – Suck for another five years. I'm tired of that. Could we, could we just be a, could we just like, you know, be on track to be a good team for, for five to 10 years for once? For once. That's all I'm asking for. And again, my thing is, we don't need James Harden. If we needed a guy like James Harden, I would say the same thing you're saying. Screw it. Make the trade. Worry about the future in the future. But we don't need him. We don't need him. And that, 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 that's my biggest thing. Um, there's no reason in my mind to do this when you already have a deep roster, you have a young roster, you have a roster where all the fits and all the roles are already defined and everything's good. You bring in James Harden again, that is a major chess piece that you're going to have to figure out what a rookie head coach in less than a month's time. And if you're James Harden, again, I don't know, James Harden enough to know what his mindset might be. He might be going over there saying, well, wait a minute, this is the system I've already ran. Mike D'Antoni, who's your assistant coach, was my head coach for the longest time. I should be running this show. I, the, the, the offense should be running through me. We've already seen he doesn't play well off ball in that system. Now, granted, that's because everything ran through him. He was conserving his energy <clears throat> for, and stuff like that. But that doesn't mean what well, you've been doing that for six years. 
that's very hard to then turn that off in a month and say, look, when I'm off ball now, I still got to be active. I still got to cut. I still got to do this. I still got to do that. When, I, when I'm used to having the ball in my hands and having everything be run through me for the last six years, like, I think we're highly downplaying how hard that's going of a transition that's going to be, even if he wanted to do that. That is a very hard thing to try to do. They tried to do it with Chris Paul and Westbrook. It did not work. Why? Because James Harden was used to, to being the main ball handler, the main scorer, the main option. So that's- I agree. I agree with you there. Yeah. All I'm saying is if you're worried about our future and we're not going to be drafting for the next three years anyway, but we have these picks, shipping them off isn't the loss that you're worried about. It's a different situation. No, no, but that's, see, you're missing my point. No, 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 wait, let me finish, let me finish. I'm not missing the point because I, 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 I'm hearing you. And, I, and, I, and I, I really think you're making a bunch of valid points about the chemistry issues. I'm just pointing out, like you keep, like you, and you're, and you're repeating yourself too, that James Harden is that type of player. The fact that our big three would be our Olympic team, like, like you know, I know it's not, but you know what I mean. Like, that's a different type of situation than in the past. And that's a different type of putting the chips in the center than before. It's a false equivalency. It's, the, it's a similar risk in which, and now you're explaining it, and I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying it is not the same atomic bomb trade situation we had with Mikhail Prokhorov when we brought in uh, the- but we don't but we don't know that that's my, that's my point if they can't get along or figure that out then what and again I'm not worried about the picks but like you said the picks are going to be gone next three years anyway but when you're getting rid of the picks and your young players like that like I said three years from now if that big three is gone those guys could be in their prime and I still believe Karis LeVert is going to be a superstar I don't care what anybody says. I think Karis LeVert, if healthy and if he continues to develop, is going to be a star, if not a superstar, in this league. Yeah, but but that if healthy is just as risky as bringing in James Harden. That that, that if 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 with Karis LeVert that has yet to, um, you know, deliver in the way that we really want to see, it hasn't happened. So that's just as big of an if that if we trade him away, and we don't win a title in three years. You know what I mean? That's like, it, it's the same type of risk. You're saying the ceiling is higher with your homegrown stars, which is fine. Like, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm just pointing out, we might've seen the best of Karis LeVert already. We don't know that either. Man, I, 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 I doubt that. He gets better and better every year. He just has some freak injuries that, you know, that happen. And, and that, again, that, uh, and I've said this before, too, that happens with a lot of young guys. That a lot of young guys aren't necessarily ready to be in the NBA because they're kids playing against grown men. So that's my point. Once he's in his prime, once he becomes a full-grown man, uh, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of guys, a lot of guys, you know, that used to get knick-knacked and stuff like that, you know, they kind of bounce back in that way. Um, well, I hear you, man. Last season, this past season, 2019-2020, he played – 45 games, started 31 of them. He averaged 18.7, a career high in points per game. That's I, I'm not knocking that at all. He played 29.6 minutes, pretty much 30 minutes a game. That's a solid starting two guard. It's right on the border of all-star in the NBA, depending on how the rest of his stat sheet looks, which was 4.4 assists and 4.2 rebounds. And his playoff numbers are good. 2019 playoffs, 21 points per game. And – a field goal percentage of 49.3. No beef with me here. 
And this year in the four games we played, he was at, he averaged another 20 points per game with six rebounds and nine and a half assists. I am a Karis LeVert fan, but if we're talking about ceilings here and, you know, if, you know, with all these ifs, I'm, I'm just saying I'm siding with the if that has the MVP on the court for me. No, I, I, I get you. I, I just, I just disagree. I, I, oh no, this is a, this is like one of the rare. And, oh, and by, oh, and by the way, and by the way, we didn't even talk about the elephant in the room of do these guys even want to play with him? You know what I mean? And I say that to say hey, you didn't hear about the secret meetings they were having in LA. Oh yeah, forgot about those. <laughs> forgot about those. Um, oh, oh, sorry, bro. How do we not? Jaden Daniels. Congratulations, Jaden Daniels went to the Lakers. Um, but even with that, if you're Kevin Durant, do you want James Harden on your team? Ironically, you just reminded me because once again, draft week, bad rumors, right? Uh, the thing we have heard, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, not me and you have heard, us Nets fans have heard, is that Kevin Durant and as we talked to Ibaka, and Ibaka might come to the Nets. Right, but but see, that makes sense. That makes sense. Makes sense. Well, hold on, me and you, on this pod, on our pod, have been pushing this goddamn power forward train for what going on two, three years now. Yeah. So that makes sense. Si- signing Ibaka. And again, which is why you're trading away uh, draft picks because you don't want to take on more salary. But trying to sign Ibaka makes a whole lot more sense than trading away everybody on the team for a superstar. And again, Kevin Durant, now people say, well, well, you know, from what we hear, uh, he he told James Harden he would want to play for him. I'm sure what happened was James Harden called him and said, yo, what you think about me sliding through to Brooklyn? And, and Kevin Durant said, yeah, bro, come through. Because what's he supposed to say? No? Like, like, that doesn't make sense. They're all friends. That is true. Kyrie, KD, James, they are friends. They do like each other. They have played together, all the other stuff. But And I don't know this for a fact, but I'm just thinking, if I'm Kevin Durant, why would I want James Harden? The whole- oh, yeah, let's be clear. We have not heard a damn thing about this stuff. We're talking right. to the Nets fans. This is, just me spe- this is just me speculating like everybody else. Me and Brett have actually been talking – probably for like three straight hours now. So this is not us breaking any news. We have not talked to any Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just, want, I just want to put that out there because there are other pods where me and you have talked to Brooklyn Nets and we have said things and people are just acting like, what do you guys know? So this is not right. No, that's, that's a good point. Let me, that's a good point to make that disclosure. But again, Kevin Durant has been talking about why he feels disrespected. Kevin Durant feels like, oh, I'm an all-time great player, but they don't treat me like that. Kevin Durant talked about how he felt disrespected by the Warriors because they kind of acted like they didn't need him. So my point is, especially Kevin Durant, especially Kevin Durant, he has not played, he has not shot one basketball with a Nets uniform on yet. If he takes the court and before he even takes a shot with the Nets, we have James Harden and we're once again a juggernaut. Even if we three-peat, right? He's still not going to get any credit for having five rings because people are going to say, well, bro, can you not win a ring by yourself? Why, why are you always on juggernaut teams? So if you're Kevin Durant, I don't like, why would you want James Harden? Because that just, that ruins the whole point of you coming here, which was to try to win a, a ring on a good team, obviously, but not a juggernaut, not the, not the overall favorite. So again, and that's what, and again, that's where, again, where the ego stuff comes into play. 
is of KD sitting there saying, wait a minute, I got to be the man on this team. I got to submit my legacy. Does that, is that going to vibe with, 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 with James Harden? Is that going to vibe with Kyle? Is that going to, you know what I mean? Like, we, you don't want that clashing of egos that I don't think is on this team right now. I honestly think Katie and Kyrie have came here with the same mindset of, hey, look, we're just going to have fun. We're going to play together. We're going to work off each other. We're going to do, you know, best we can. We're going to win a championship together. I'm not saying James Harden doesn't have that mindset. I'm saying I don't know. And yeah, yeah, I hear you there. Harden comes on this team with a mindset of, I got to win a ring and prove that I'm the man on a championship team. I don't know how that's going to vibe with everybody else who's kind of w- wants to just play ball and have fun. So, and, and again, and that does, and like I said, that also kind of hurts KD. Like, well, hold on. If I played second fiddle to Kai, even if we win a championship, I'm still going to get credit because I wasn't on the juggernaut. Even if I'm a, th- if I'm a third fiddle to James and Kai, I'm still not going to get credit for this championship because I was the third, because we're so good. And that's the thing. To your point, the reason why you trade for James Harden is this team's so damn good. It, it, it won't matter who's one, two, or three. If Kevin Durant's our third option, we're a championship team. And on this team, the way they play it, the way that system runs, he could be a third option. Kyrie could be the third option. James could be the third option. It might not matter. There might not be an option. It might just be whoever has the hot hand that night. So to, to, to your point, to other people's point, that's why you trade for James Harden, because you want those type of problems. But my, but my point is, just it could be very easy or it could be really, 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 really bad. And my thing is, I think if I'm going to have that problem anyway, I'd rather have that problem with a future on the other side than to say, okay, we push all my chips in. And if this doesn't work, we just, we just screwed our, t- our future up for the next five to ten years again after we just worked so hard to get out of that. So that's my point too. Just and this is the last uh, thing I'll even say about it. I think it's ironic we're having this conversation about what makes us the more efficient championship contender in the NBA when we're still supposed to be recovering from the last trade. That's all I want to point out to Nets fans that are acting like this is the end of the world, regardless of what we do. No, right, right. Yeah, and 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 like I said it on the live too. Look, if we trade for James Harden, we win a championship. You can come back and y'all can yell at me all you want. Like, yeah, dummy. Oh, look at what you said. I'm going to say, you're right. I'm, I'm wrong. And God, it, it feels good. <laughs> but before we get off the nets, because there was a couple other big trades in the NBA that me and you are going to talk about. Right. Let's move Jaza Musa to, and a second round pick to Detroit for Bruce Bowen. And we just moved a, a couple of picks for Landry Shamet, bringing in on mm-hmm. some younger players with less salary, like you were saying. Those aren't earth-shattering moves, but if you know, long-time listeners to the pod know, I was real big on Musa when we drafted him. He was the second foreign player to Luka Doncic in that draft. They even had um, a documentary together, and you know, hardcore hoop heads, go check that out. It's just a cool documentary about their journeys from the Euro League over to here and the different paths they had to take. And if you would have bet me money, I would have thought Kuroks would have been off the nets before Musa, but Kuroks for being a second-round pick has been worth the pick, and he's kind of like a fan favorite. With a little, yeah, bit a lot of fans like him. Yep. I'm happy Rody's still here. Just I thought he would have been traded by now, but I'm happy Rody's still here. And you're mixing you're mixing up our Euros because when we drafted him, remember they had the the draft day press conference together. Uh, Rody was the one that talked shit to KP 
talk about it. I can't wait to play him. I would bust his ass. So, yeah. you know, time flies. Here we are a couple drafts later. Moose is not even here. But we're in a much better place, and I'm happy for it. And I think Musa has a chance to grow in Detroit. Detroit is in a constant state of flux, and they're waiting for people to break out. But the biggest news to me in the NBA, outside of my team, obviously, <laughs> if you couldn't tell from the conversation we just had, um, would be Chris Paul to the Suns. Come on. That is a 2K trade if I ever saw one. And you're, you're going to see Chris Paul, D-Book, and Aiton, and get to see that version of the big three, or, you know, the Phoenix's big three. I'm kind of excited for it. What about you? I'm very excited for that. I think there'll be a playoff team. I think – Chris Paul can unlock Aiton, who, remember, was a f- number one overall pick in that Luka Doncic draft. Uh, so I know a lot of Suns fans are probably still, still like, sad about that one. But, again, can't look at stuff in hindsight. You got to look at it for what it was, um, as we talked about in the live. But I think it's a great trade for them. I think they'll make the playoffs. They'll probably be, like, a six or seven seed. Nothing crazy. But – I think that's a great thing for Devin Booker's development and for the Suns' development. And I'm glad that they are finally getting their act together because I was another team that's been in purgatory for a long time. And that's what I'm saying, man. We, 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 we keep acting like this is, you know, all worth everything until you're in purgatory for 10 years. But, you know, uh, I think that's going to be a great trade for them. I think Chris Paul's leadership and his Hall of Fame caliber uh, play but the fact that he was still playing well last year, you know, major respect to him. Major respect to him. Suns fans got to be happy, too, because they they were killing it in the bubble. You know, just making all Phoenix Suns fans super excited for next season. Yeah. And then they acquire Chris Paul, who you could argue was the reason that team was even contending for a playoff spot the way they were. Right. No yes. one expected that. And then here they are with Chris Paul's personality kind of like, that gritty pit bull mentality, hard fighter type of mentality. And he's bringing that to the Suns, which is, you know, the Kentucky Suns, essentially. And I think it's a perfect fit. As a fan, I'm excited to see it. I want it to work. I think that makes the West a little bit deeper because Mm -hmm. it's kind of funny. The whole decade we had to hear how weak the East was, and that's the only reason LeBron's on top. LeBron moves West and all these motherfuckers are coming East. I just want to point that out. Mm -hmm. if he's not that hard and it was so easy to play in the east why everyone leaving the conference once the king gets there that's here nor there right (laughs) i agree with that i definitely agree with that yeah the the suns are going to be fun to watch and i'm excited for them uh that's i'm excited for d book he's a superstar in this league that you know you don't want to waste his prime on bad teams so you want to make sure that He's making the playoffs and getting a chance to like win games, so win, win meaningful games at that. So, you know, it, I I love it. I love it. Um, the Bucks are another team that uh, have made some moves. I'm, I I really liked what they did. They and you know, major respect to the Bucks because they gave up a lot for Drew Holiday, but you have to. You have a guy like Giannis, and you know that. You have to keep him, and you're a small market team, and you know you can't get free agents, and you know that it's going to be hard to lure you know other stars there. You have to, you have to. Again, that's where you got to swing for the fences. That's a team that is desperate 
to get a championship contender. So you and just for clarity, for those who don't know the exact trade, they just hear how ridiculous this trade is. It will bring Drew Holiday from New Orleans to Milwaukee in exchange for Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and three future first-round picks with two additional draft pick swaps. That is next-level bad trade when it comes to the swaps. Like, if the swaps weren't there, I would like this trade a little bit more, but they sold the farm for Drew Holiday. And after all the discussion we just had about James Harden, I just want to clarify. I don't like this trade. I like Drew Holiday. I think the Bucks over, you know, you have to, kind of like a free agency, you have to overpay. And when you have this small window, this is exactly what Brett was saying and what he's worried about. I think Milwaukee just sold their future for to win now. And, yes, the Greek freak is amazing. No one's saying otherwise. And one of my nephews, my four-year-old nephew's favorite players already. But he is limited – when it comes to the playoffs, they have figured out how to beat his team. So unless he takes this next step next year, which I personally don't see it, see it happening, he's already an MVP caliber player. Does Drew Holiday make the Bucks a, a better contender in the East? Like, is he that much of a game changer? Some will say yes, but if he was that much of a game changer, I don't think he'd be hopping around all these teams his whole career. And the East not only will have the Nets with Kyrie and KD healthy, the Heat are still here. The Celtics are still here. The Sixers are still here. Those are four teams that I already think are better than the Bucks. No, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right, but again, they're desperate. And they have they have no choice but to go all out and trade for whoever they can to uh to do that. And the reason why you do that for a guy like Drew Holiday is because you didn't have to give up Middleton. You couldn't have made that trade for James Harden. You know what I mean? Like that would have had to have included Middleton, in which case it's like, damn, we don't even have a big three. We just have a better, a, a much better big two. And you can make the argument that that's a major upgrade. Matter of fact, that's not even an argument. That's a fact that that's a major upgrade. But I don't, but I think. It's a fact now. It, you know, if we go back three, four years and we talk about Eric Bledsoe and Drew Holiday, I think Eric Bledsoe would have a couple more defenders when they first traded for him. Because didn't they give up a first-round pick for Eric Bledsoe? Probably. I don't remember. I don't remember. But Eric Bledsoe, of course, you know, for people that are like, wait, where was he before Milwaukee? He was in Phoenix. On, uh, the, he was part of the, the Suns' three-headed monster that won awesome season with Isaiah Thomas, Dragic, and then Eric Bledsoe. Right. It, you, you know, I mean, you feel bad for Bucks fans because if they don't win a championship and if Milwaukee and if Giannis walks away, they are going to be in purgatory for a long time. Oh yeah, they're 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 in the situation the New Jersey Nets would be in, you know, like the the small market. Why am I going to go there when Chicago's an hour away? Even though Chicago's right. a fucking dumpster fire in itself, and we're we're taking away, you know, city, state, and just looking at organizations. I'd rather play for the Bucks. They are just, you know, they're they seem to be well ran in comparison to the Chicago Bulls, who tonight reached with the, with their pick, in my opinion, in Brett's opinion. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like an over and over thing. Like everybody my age was a Bulls fan of the 90s for obvious reasons. So like part of us still want the Bulls to be decent and they just been a dumpster fire for so long. And mm-hmm. with that being said, free agents are still more likely to sign there than the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it, it's... Oh, and, and, and speaking of the Bucks, besides the Drew Holiday trade, which apparently me and you both think it's a lot, 
but they, they have to. I mean, it's, it's not a thing. That's a fact. That's a, Drew Holiday is not worth that. But you, but again, when you're a desperate team, you have to make moves like that. Not only are they a desperate team, but they I thought the better move for their future was that side and trade with Bohan Bogdanovich, not Bogey from the old Nets, Bo, uh, Bohan from the Kings. That mm-hmm. trade isn't going through now. And I think uh, Bogdanovich from the Kings is going to be an unrestricted free agent or a restricted free agent. I can't remember which one. Yeah, I think it's restricted, yep. But that's – he's a really good restricted free agent. If you could steal him away from the Kings and somebody gives him a poison pill contract, I think he's worth it. Because the Kings, if they can figure out how to keep him, I think they have a good young roster. The, you know, you were saying, why did they take a point guard tonight when they got Fox? I think it's just for depth. I don't think it's, you know, for a starting position. But, like, we were just arguing with our team. The Kings roster isn't as bad as it was a couple of years ago. And Bogdanovich would be a big deal. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, yeah, that's a blow. I don't, I don't know why the trade didn't get to go through. I didn't get to see that, but yeah, that that's a big blow because again, Milwaukee's making smaller moves. Drew Holiday is obviously the biggest move they're going to make, but they're going to continue to make smaller moves to improve the roster because they know that they need. They feel like they're close as they should. They have had the number one. Uh, seed in the Eastern Conference. They won 60-plus games each of the last couple of years. So I know they feel like they're very close. And so they feel like they probably only need to make a few roster upgrades to get there. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see how this is going to work, uh, especially with that trade falling through. Because um, to your point, oh, that's another thing. They don't have cap room. So the Bucks. I don't even know if they're going to be able to like sign him to the deal that he's going to want in order to steal him away from the Kings. Outbid anybody else for that matter. Oh no! And then the sign and trade that fell apart. The Kings were going to acquire Dante Divincenzo, DJ Wilson, and Irsan Ilasova. Right. You know, solid pieces for the Kings to get back, so they don't lose one of their draft picks for nothing. Right. Because that would have been cool. That would have been that mixed with the Drew Holiday trade. I'd be looking at the Bucks a little bit differently. They're still contenders. Don't get me wrong. It's still one of those teams you don't want to see in the first round. Right. Oh, yeah. True. Absolutely. It's the, they're they're, they're going to be – I mean, they're going to be good regardless, but they'll probably be like the second seed in the East this year um, just because they're such a good regular season team. You know, it's – it's. I feel bad for Bucks fans because with – you kind of get the feeling it's like, oh, man, we, we might have screwed up with this Drew Holiday trade because now that that didn't fall through, I mean, now that that trade fell through, if they can't make more moves or if they can't sign guys, I don't know if Drew Holiday is going to be enough to get them over the hump and win a championship or at least make the finals. I feel like they have to at least make the finals for, for Giannis to stay. I'll say it again. The Celtics, the Sixers, the Nets, the Heat, off rip, still better than the Bucks with all two. And maybe, and maybe still Toronto too. We keep we keep forgetting about Toronto, but if they can bring back Van Vliet or whatever, they still might be in the in the, in the mix. Um, and not for nothing, man. If John Wall, let's shoot the Sixers back, too. I said the Sixers, but if John Wall comes back and Bradley Beal is still there, they they were a playoff team when they were both healthy. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's gonna be interesting, but yeah, the day. The Bucks are in, are in an interesting position. We'll have to see what they did. They do. The other biggest news that came out today: Clay Thompson got hurt. 
I am very, very, very upset about that. I feel really bad for him. I wanted him to do well. I wanted the Warriors to play well because I think that would be cool to see them back in contention again. And like I said on the live, I wonder if his injury affected what they did in the draft because I fully expected them to make a trade, second pick, and try to get somebody. And I wonder if because they knew that – and for those of y'all who, have, who haven't heard, they're saying that they fear that it's a torn Achilles. Bro, that happened on the pod. I know we've been talking for a while together. That happened on the pod. That happened while we were growing the pod. Okay, well, Repeated, they fear that it's a, a torn Achilles, and so I want. I wonder. I really wonder if that affected what they did tonight, because I, I I believe that if if he was healthy and they knew that they had something great going into this season, I think they would have tried to trade that second pick to get another veteran. Because no offense to Wiseman, I don't know how you think a rookie is going to help you get over the hump in terms of trying to compete for a title again. So, I don't know. We covered a lot, and there's still going to be more happening this week. And we will be coming back, me and you, for an XFL pod, a postmortem slash The Rock is bringing it back at some point. And we just realized that from all the coverage we did this year, literally still 2020, about the XFL, we never actually spoke about their demise and how unfair it is. Plus, we still got all these players that made rosters in the NFL to talk about when it comes to basketball. We got less. We got a month until it starts, which is crazy because we're watching the draft right now as we're recording. And free agency starts and start yet, which is crazy. What a weird, weird, weird year. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm looking at. I'm looking at this. Because uh, the Timberwolves are on the clock again. I kind of like what they did. I kind of really like what they did. The Hornets just got Vernon Carey Jr. the center from Duke with their second pick, their second round pick. I really like what the Timberwolves are doing, but yeah, we got yeah we we should we should uh talk about that too one day. But anyway, you can find me at Never for Brett Me. That's N E V A underscore the number four B R E T T underscore M E. I'm at Not the Chuck D Instagram and Twitter. We are at the underscore Dope Blog on Instagram, at the Dope Blog on Twitter, and at the Dope Blog and Podcast on Facebook. Like and subscribe to us on iTunes. Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And oh, before we sign off, if you really believe that we were going to trade Kyrie Irving, Jersey native, Nets fan, for James Harden straight up, miss me with that bullshit. Peace. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. What the fuck? I'm ill. What the fuck? I'm ill. Bigger than your average. What the fuck? I'm ill. What the fuck? I'm ill. Bigger than your average.